Extreme Rewind begins just after this. The early 1990s was a great time to be a child. Remember the feeling when you were young, running through the aisle of your local toy store, or wishing for that present under the tree? That feeling is no longer in the past with the unofficial wrestling figure retrospective. It was a period of change for the WWF and also for the figures. Back when everyone was a superstar and became names you'd remember almost 30 years later. So read the book before it pins you one, two, three. Welcome to Extreme Rewind. Oh, what a week, hey? <laughs> it's a good week to be talking about wrestling and trying to take our mind off of. Um, it's a good week to be talking about wrestling that happened twenty years ago, because if we just did normal wrestling, we might be limited. Uh, yeah, the the, the 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 social isolation shows are quite interesting, aren't they? Ever so slightly, but let's go back to when there were fans in the arena. <laughs> But this is Sports Arena. This is Extreme Rewind. You're looking to the world of ECW Hardcore TV from episode one all the way to 401. And we are in 1997. And we rejoice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm Paul. That is Jay. I say that because I'm pointing at him. Thank you for pointing at me. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. Well, I assume the direction you're in anyway. Yes. Exactly the way you were pointing. Exactly the direction you were pointing. Because they can't be near each other. But, yeah. Um, oh, January. 1997. What's happening? What's new? It's, uh, it's a big year. It's, it's, it's interesting to kind of watch what's going to come out of it. It's, um, yeah, it's quite, uh, quite a, a, an exciting year for for ECW, so we're in for a, a, a hell of a time. No, it's, it's really good. I mean, it, it's kind of hard because I'm, I'm trying to watch it as if I don't know what's going on, even though you sort of do know what's going on. So you kind of step back and step in. And like I said, when certain people turn up, say like in the last episode we look at, and even though I would have guessed who it was straight away because it's pretty obvious, there's still a whole... Yeah, I mean, if you didn't guess, then the, the write-ups on the network kind of give it away... <laughs> to you anyway <laughs> oh the network good old network um yeah but back to the 2nd of january 1997 episode 193 the bwi is still in times square they are singing along breaking people's little karaoke boxes and super kicking santa again much like we saw last week but just a little continuation absolutely just more of the same um Gorilla style out and about walking around the, the streets just uh trying to get as many random kind of shots as possible. They are, but it just kind of shows how much they are getting behind this stable in, in the company. They obviously it's, it's a parody, but they, they see legs in it, you know. So they, yeah, I mean it's it's interesting and, and through this we'll see and we'll see it grow, but it is interesting how um seriously they're suddenly taking this group. Yeah, the, the positioning is, um, yeah, like I said, very, very interesting. So it's good. So it kicks off with that. We then get highlights of the gangsters winning the world titles way back when. I still love this finish. It's almost like a bulldog slam by Mustafa into a sort of top rope splash from New Jack. Yeah. I dug it. It was cool. 
Um, then we went to obviously the news. We got the end of last week's show, the breaking news with the Eliminators recapturing the tag team gold from the Gangsters. Um, and they got a promo by the Eliminators. I want to jump to this for a reason. They basically talk about total elimination. And I think it's really cool that they kind of remind me very much of like the Vertebraker, the Canadian Destroyer. We have a move that's on par with the wrestler, and it's so rare, but if you can do it yeah. right, it's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, I agree. I, it, it's it's such a um, spellbinding move. It's it it is something that that does kind of transcend them as a team and puts them over it, and and it is sold as as something quite devastating. It is. Um, it's, it's like what's the difference between us and you? Total elimination. We hit that. No one gets up. Francine didn't. She didn't. And, um, yeah, but it's kind of, I, I just love that. Like I said, it reminds me of, obviously, sort of vertebrate, uh, verca, uh, ver, bloody hell, vertebraker, <laughs> which ended up getting his own music for his entrance. And I think um, the Eliminators music, basically, was Total Elimination, was at the beginning, when they got their own music. Hmm. So it starts off like a total elimination. So that got his own little thing as well. So there's there's sort of similarities, I think, in that sort of sense. And um, yeah, no, pretty cool. I, I enjoyed it. But that's not my favourite Eliminators promo. There's one later on that I was that really got me pumped for a match I'm never going to see. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I just like it. I think. Wrestling sort of companies take note. A finishing move can be super strong if done right. Yeah, I agree. Um, and and just lets the the move kind of speak for itself, really, doesn't doesn't it? Oh, hugely. Um, we saw people talk people talking about the new triple threat. Are they together? Aren't they together? Is it a thing? Same thing we've sort of seen in recent weeks. Obviously, building up to wonder if we're going to find out. Wonder when we're going to get the answer. Wonder if the network's gonna say it as well before officially announced. No, of course not. Um, also, Joey Styles announces that we get Rob Van Dam versus Chris Candido right now. I was excited for this until I saw fan cam footage. It's the kiss of death of every single one of these. Um... It doesn't matter how good a match it is. This this fan cam style just doesn't do it for me. It's just it's it's easy to get sort of detached from it. I must say, Chris Candido, absolutely phenomenal. Yep, I think this guy, like I know he's world champ. I feel he won the NWA t- NWA World Title. I can't speak. Um, XPW World Title, WCW Cruiserweight, WF Tag. So he got involved with like bits, but I don't think he ever really gets the props that he should because guy could seriously have a good match of anything. He's pretty phenomenal. Yeah. So big fan about that. Um, promo by Taz. Is this the one where they go to the dojo or not? No, it's it's uh, following week when oh, um, when his shoulder is is allegedly injured. That's one. So this is the one we talked to about Rob Van Dam, saying that Rob Van Dam brought a weapon in. Yep. He doesn't need to happen. His hands are his weapon. Yep. Which becomes a obviously continues to be a big phrase. And says so he's going to show him disrespect. 
How do you feel about that? I, 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 well, I'm not a big fan of that. Um, I, I, I don't understand why this is still a thing, to be honest. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's still just kind of bouncing around the same levels of meh in regards to, you know, you'll show me respect, I'll show you disrespect. I, I just, I just was expecting it to kind of finish by now and it doesn't show any signs of doing so. It's, it's still going to be all conversations are linked to some form of, form of respect and disrespect and blah, blah, blah. Um, and, and it doesn't, I don't need that. I think no. it's overdone. Yeah, no, I agree. Like I said, I understand it's just like a filler feud. It's the closest thing to Sabu to feel with, but anything associated with Sabu should instantly be a disrespect. You shouldn't have to state it all the time. I hate your best mate. I'm going to beat you up until he shows his face. That's all it feels like. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's... I'm going to get to you to get to him. Yeah, he's going to dodge me. He's not coming out for me. You're silly enough to stand up to me, so I'm going to beat you up, and I'm I'm going to send you a message. Yeah. Um, and instead, we have this whole kind of it's because I don't respect you. In fact, I disrespect you. And it's like well, it doesn't that that doesn't need to be. Yeah, that extra bit's not required, is it? No, and it doesn't need to hang on. You know, disrespect again, which was the basis of their feud and friendship, and has also just been overdone across the piece. Yeah. Uh, probably by Joe Gertner. I don't remember anything from this, if I'm honest. No, yeah, I, I was about to say, is this all I'm aware? But they blend. It's, it's him insulting people and saying that he's, he's wonderful. Now, um, the big announcement. Terry Funk is coming back and facing Brian Lee. Yeah. I mean, again, like I said, it's hard, isn't it? Because there's sort of like one last run and blah, blah, blah. And you know, he still went on for a long period after this. So it's, that's when it kind of... But in my opinion, it shows a lot better place how to, say, bring back a legend than maybe what other federations have done. Uh, I mean, the reverence he's treated with is, is amazing. Um I, I think I'm cynical because we've just watched him retire a year ago and he's back and we know he's going to have a run and then retire and then be back. Yeah. Um, and we know he's going to continue to do this for, for quite a while. So I, there, I have a, a level of cynicism for it, but it doesn't change the fact that, you know, the, just, just the reverence they have for, um, this guy coming in and what he means to uh, them and what he means to ECW and the fans of ECW. Mm. He is, he is, you know, he, he does transcend. He is possibly, he's their, their, their goat, their greatest of all time because, um, you know, he's, he is the, the stick that everyone else is measured against. And he's back. And he's back. Back again. Oh, Funky's back. Um, Someone. Tell everyone, tell Brian Lee, the bulldozer. Yeah, Shane Douglas, another promo from him. Basically, um, just saying, it's my belt a lot. It's my belt. It's my belt. It's my belt. Yeah, I mean, it's it, uh, people People being obsessed with belts is a bit of a theme. 
It is, but it's weird because it's, again, a, a continuing thing is the TV title is almost continually booked as the top belt at the moment. It's quite bizarre, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Isn't it? Just, yeah. yeah. And, and, and that's referenced again in the, the, the promo by the Masked Man. Exactly. So um, that happens. We then get highlights of Shane Douglas and Pitbull feud. We then cut to Raven versus Mikey Whipwreck, the match that people deserve. Um, ridiculously big BWO chant throughout this match. Absolutely. I mean, there's over selling the t-shirts. They are. Yeah, and it's good that the commentator referenced that it was getting Raven's head, the fact that they were doing it. I thought it was a nice connection. It wasn't just ignored. But it wasn't overly spoken about. It was just acknowledged and sort of put into context of the match. I thought it was cleverly done. Mm-hmm. Uh, Raven generally makes short work of him. Mikey's in massive limbo at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit lost. Um, but the story is what happens after the match. It is. Sandman comes out, they exchange back and forth, and steals the belt. Does. Steals the belt. That's my belt. That's my belt. So, um, yeah, and that's the way they end the show. Where is he going with this belt in the summer of Sandman? Who is to know? No one knows. Um, yeah, it takes us to episode 194. This is the 7th of January, 1997, and people are talking Terry Funk. <laughs> Still. Oh, uh, yeah, we get a little bit of a package of Terry Funk returning. Yep. So that's uh, happening again. Very weird package. I don't know if he's meant to be the face or the heel. Um, yeah, I think that's always been the thing with him, though. They've tried to keep him in this shade of grey, as they do with most of them. Sort of like you love him because he's a legend, but he's unpredictable. He might, you know, suffocate Joe Styles or slap someone around the face. He's he's never fully. He's loose. Crazy old bastard. There it is. He waiting weeks for that. He still needs to train him. JT Smith as well. And he gave him yeah. like half a week. Yeah, his, his protege. Yeah, Started and just declared, your mother's a whore. And left him. Him with a boot. And left him. Um, the intro video was interrupted by the BWO sort of taking over sort of bit. I thought that was yeah. quite cool. Yeah. Again, getting behind the stable. It took us our opening match. Axel Rotten versus Big Stevie Cool. I thought there's another solid showing from Axel Rotten here, but Stevie picked up the win. Yeah, I mean Axel's looking all right in his matches. He's, I mean, he's not. You're not wanting to shake his hand like the franchise did and declare him the future of of ECW, like the franchise did, because um, uh, he respects him. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's 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 doing some he's doing bits, isn't he? He's just kind of grinding away, getting his bits done. Exactly. Um, and uh, Stevie and the BWO just are so ridiculously over. It's, like we said, it's just so impressive. I mean, it really is. I mean, they, they, a- they do reference it's the, the hottest selling T-shirt. Um, and you can sense it. You don't feel that's kind of like like the, the, the bullshit that they give on, on these things sometimes um you do sense that this is the hottest selling bit going well that's what we were talking about though um last week apart from obviously 
an ECW logoed shirt, there's no real much iconic ECW shirts. Yeah. I mean, I don't think Raven really has one. Um, no, Sandman had the white one with sort of the cartoon of him holding the stick up. Yeah. But that's just because he wore it all the time. It's like saying the Ravens, the Sandman shirt is an iconic shirt when it's not. It's just a shirt he wore all the time. Yeah. So it's it's kind of like, um, yeah, weird one in that sense. But yeah, no, it has to be. Has to be. And we then get highlights of an ECW show. Basically, he had Bubba versus Devon. I think Shane versus Tommy Dreamer. Joey and Pitbull. Not, yeah, not Joey. Um, Joe Gertner and yep. Pitbull too. Uh, Eliminators, Spike and Bubba Ray Dudley. So just a whole bunch of carnage from this show. Looks a decent show again. Nice sort of stack. They're stacking these cards wherever they go. So, Yeah. Um, seem to have some good turnaround. Seem to, to keep people interested. Yeah. Yeah. It's still just pushing the live shows at the time. Saying, come along. Look at the great show you can have. Come to an ECW event. Makes sense. Uh, promo by Joe Gartner again. Chris Candido interrupts him. Um, yeah, his promos are fine. Nice promo. I'm not sure. I'm sure he just was it this one about Lewis Piccoli? I think they all are, aren't they? Yeah, basically. It's obsessed. They got to Brian Lee versus Hollywood Nova. Uh, Brian Lee basically sort of shoved the other two and beat Nova. Easy work. Yep. Uh, this is this is billed as the um, flock exploding. Uh, because all of these are on Raven's payroll. Yeah, which is weird because none of them are anything to do with him anymore. No, no one is, apart from just lowering that. But yeah, so that's kind of, that's the thing. Um, we then went to one of these awkward ECW live via satellite things, which they do a few times and I hate all of them because they're just not. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're quite strangely done. Um, yeah, so basically, live thing with Killer Kowalski. As soon as he starts talking, Brian Lee basically just interrupts and just starts choking him out instantly. Such a weird segment, but yeah. drops the legend killer line. Basically, I mean, it works quite well in the the building him versus um, Funk. Yeah, what it also builds just is quite confusing. It is. So basically that happens and straight away cut in by the eliminators, which I thought this is my promo of the like of the whole yes. our week's watch. Yeah. This was amazing where it's just like, you know, you want to send a message by taking out a seventy four year old man, or your message has been intercepted by the eliminators, and I just thought, fucking give me some of this. I just thought that yeah. one bit I thought I am so invested into this match I'm never gonna see. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought they were going to do like a message received kind of thing. And I, I was kind of thinking, but it wasn't for you. It was nothing to do with you. He's not called you. So the fact that it was like, no, no, we've intercepted it. You know, mm. this this was the guy that trained us. This is the guy that, and, and we've taken this personally. Um, yeah, and it even meant a lot, didn't it? Oh, massively. Even to the point where they were just like, we've never taken any feud personal before, but this is personal to us. 
I love this sort of. But we're now sort of three, four weeks later and we haven't seen any of this. Yeah. Yeah. So, but this singular bit got me extremely hyped for this and I thought it was amazing work by the Eliminators. Again, simple, but. Yeah. You know, the message wasn't for us, but we've taken great offense to this message. So here's a message for you. Great work. Uh, Raven and Sarah Madden get into a brawl. I think this was, was this the first Give Me My Belt? It was. Um, uh, there's, there's something about the Raven um, belt shot, and I don't know what it is, but he kind of delays on it and then kind of falls to his knee and collapses on it. Um, and for some reason, I, 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 I very much appreciate it. I, I, I'm a big fan of the way that he does belt shots. Um, and it is, it's just him kind of beating the Sandman up and around and uh, all over the place and into the crowd and up to the BWA locker room and, and all over the place. Uh, but it's when it gets to the BWA locker room that this really starts to kind of uh, get interesting. Yeah, no, keep going. Keep going. So he's, they, they bash into the, the BWA locker room. Um, the BWO there chanting BWO as, as it goes on. Um, Sandman gets thrown down the stairs. Uh, Raven turns and sees Stevie. Stevie's chanting BWO. Raven pushes Stevie um, and then starts to storm out. Stevie, for the f- probably the first time, looks like he's taken Raven uh, attacking him uh, personally. Um, then uh, Raven goes outside of the locker room, and after a little while, uh, the Sandman appears. But the Sandman appears um, whilst whilst um, wearing a BWO shirt, and, and Styled questions whether this means that the BWO are backing the Sandman, or has the Sandman joined the BWO, and what does this mean for uh, Raven? Yeah, again, it's great. And something, again, I sort of found myself overlooking with ECW is for the live crowd, you forget there's there's no like video tron yeah. or anything to see this on. So, so obviously, Sam had a pair of a BWO shirt would get a reaction, but it doesn't actually mean anything to the live audience. That makes no sense at all. They, they went in, mm. then it went away. Uh, I mean, I think the audience knew it was the BWO locker room because they've tried to. Uh, build that up, um, their penthouse, their private locker room. It's where they came yep. out of for their matches, and it's got BW on the door. But uh, yeah, it's it's um, uh, it's it's weird, right? Yeah, I mean, context-wise, there's so much of this that would not have worked for the live crowd. Uh, not just here today, but in in just general, we'll, uh, we talk about it often. You know, the, the fighting out into the street, and no one would have been able to see anything. Um, yeah, but yeah, it would have been. Really, weirdly, just out of nowhere. Yes, it's it's a decent way to end the show and a very bizarre way to start the next show. Episode 195. Yep. The 14th of January, 1997. We kick off with the dream match that no one knew they needed. Tommy Rich and Ricky Morton versus the Gangsters. Yeah, so, you know, back to our list of people you never knew were in ECW. Um, yeah. Ricky Morton, I feel, should be on this list. Tommy Rich to a certain degree, but Ricky Morton, part of the Rock and Roll <clears throat> Express. Um, 
Well, was Ricky Morton not someone's... Um, it's Bobby Eaton. No, Bobby Eaton. Yeah. Beautiful Bobby Eaton was a Sabo's tag team partner. Or a tag team partner for Sabo. But um I mean it's it's the obvious pick if you think about it. And I, you just look back and you think, what the fuck? Someone's bad as King Kong Bundy, right? Um so that sort of happened and um yeah, I guess the gangsters sort of beat him up. They must have been in the area, friends. Because Tommy Rich joins the FBI, didn't they? I think so. I mean, Tommy Rich is the one that they've they've put a lot into from coming out of this. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, weird. So they lose. Um, they then get into it themselves. Uh, Tommy Rich lays them out and uh, they go about their business. Never to be seen again. Or, oh. or maybe. Who knows? I do. Um, this is when, <laughs> when we get the weird bias satellite going to the Team Taz uh, yeah, so, dojo. So Taz hasn't wrestled for a few weeks. Um, and um, there's a rumour that he's injured. There's a rumour that he has a shoulder injury, uh, which is why he's not wrestled for a few weeks and why he's been so kind of secretive about all of it and all the rest of it. So they've gone to the Team Taz dojo to get an exclusive and try and like you know guerrilla reporting style break in and find footage of him and whatever else yeah again though fantastic angle yeah um and the one it is the one (sighs) um live satellite blah 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 that worked for me yeah, I mean, you can tell the audios sort of didn't mesh, but it's, you know, details. It worked in the sense that, it, like I said, it did fit to be, uh, together a lot better. But I like the angle in the sense that it's so simple. Just Fozzie was on the way to the ring once, pointed to his shoulder and said, look after him. And it's now turned into this, is he injured, isn't he? And they, it's very rare that they do like injury sort of angles in wrestling like this. Yeah, It's normally if you're injured, you're off TV. The idea that obviously you're not injured, but they sort of pretended you're injured, but on TV, we might be injured, you don't know. But yeah, that sort of, I really liked, it had that, had that sort of almost UFC big fight feel where someone's got hurt in training, but at the press conference, they're trying to pretend like they're not hurt because they don't want to show that they're injured going into the fight. Yeah. It felt like a, resting version of that and I sort of I, I thought it was really good as an again something that people could do this sort of day and age and it's it, it's building up that kind of um, you know so we know that Taz knows about Sabu's neck and now Sabu knows yeah. about Taz's shoulder so yeah, I mean, is that the, the, the break in the armour that they need to, to to get the job done yeah, I mean, imagine like Brock Lesnar, just, you know, Paul Heyman was just like, oh, you know, be careful with his shoulder, be careful with his shoulder or something. It's just heard something muttering the difference. Yeah. Then I was like, is Brock Lesnar injured? It would spread like wildfire in social media. People don't know if it was a work or a shoot or... But it'd be very good. But he basically says he's not injured. He's just not interested in wrestling at the moment. Sabu got all this time off. Why can't he have time off? <laughs> then said he was injured, just as almost like a... Yeah, oh, you found me out. I am injured. Yep. Um, 
but it wasn't done this week. It wasn't done last week. It's, it was done from like super long ago and it's a nagging injury, but I'm always in the ring because I'm a professional and I'm an athlete and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, nice, nice little, nice little segment, different settings, different sort of surroundings, decent. Yes. And it also, also, Subtly, the only one aware of it, have built up this whole team Taz thing. Absolutely, I was going to say it, it legitimizes it the dojo, dojo. That you know, there they are, and they are training, and they're in the back, running drills and working hard yeah. and stuff. It's only got this like sort of Cobra Kai sort of vibe about it, where is this like sort of roughneck school where everyone's just learning to do this kind yeah. of thing? So no, really cool. Uh, guess what? Raven wants his belt back. I've heard that. He's back in the ring. I'm really starting to get into this. Yes. Um, I basically just feel it's such a clever way to almost make Sandman the champ without making the Sandman the champ. Getting Raven in a padded out feud, chasing for the belt, even though he's actually already the champion. It's very cleverly done. And it is this kind of, you know, you've got something of mine, well, I've got something of yours. You know, you, yeah. you took you took something I really loved in in my child, and I've taken something you really loved in your belt. Um, um massively, it's such a huge kind of reverse like story where this guy just purely by taking the belt now owns the belt in a way, and uh, yeah, digging it. Another wild brawl. Um, Raven sort of looked like he had it in the bag. BWO come out, stay in the ring. Raven shoves Meany and Nova without really sort of knowing it's them. That's the sort of plan. He then sees it's Stevie. So people are expecting some form of help or embrace, but he shoves Stevie. Stevie sort of gets up, um, shoves Raven, goes to super kick Raven, allegedly, hits Sandman, quote unquote, by mistake. Um, later on, hits Raven, quote unquote, by mistake. Yeah, pushes Raven into a, a, a schoolboy. Yeah, even though I don't think this is even actually a match. <laughs> and <laughs> but we can let that slide. Um, so it's kind of like, yeah, pretty decent. You know, where where is Stevie at? Kind of continuation, but it's also moving him up a level, get involved in. You know, could, could you see? I mean, I, I kind of feel like if if Terry Funk hadn't have come back, you know, the moment could have been Stevie beating Raven for the belt. Maybe, maybe, yeah. I mean, it, they they do seem to suddenly be into him in that that level, um, oh. and it's it's it, it is. I mean, it's 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 amazing how um, how rabid the crowd are for him to 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 you know do the the Virgil on the million dollar man style turn of you know suddenly kind of the lackey no more um yeah uh, and Stevie's grown into this this you know almost cult leader himself so where he was the flunky and all the rest of it he's now the head of the BWO and he's got his own clique and his own minions and his own lackeys um, well, he's he's convinced Nova and Meany to separate and go with him. Mm. So yeah, hundred percent. 
But, um, yeah, the way they were building and all this, I mean, you could almost imagine him sort of beating, sort of raving, and the crowd would have gone mental. But obviously it wasn't wasn't meant to be. Another promo by Joe Gertner. This isn't the hair out of place one because I made a note about that, so it can't be this one. Um, Joey Styles is there. Raven interrupts straight away, screams, saying he wants his belt. Todd Gordon appears. He shouts to Todd Gordon, saying that he wants his belt. Todd Gordon sort of did in his usual sort of shaking. I, I, I disliked Todd Gordon being involved in these things so much. This is ECW. If you want the belt, go and get it. That's what he felt like. Raven shoved him, and I kind of almost felt like a legit heard him fell over and I chuckled because I just imagine he went flying again so I chuckled to myself and thought that was quite funny and we then joined a match in progress Chris Candido versus Luis Bacoli the match has been doing Chris Candido picked up the win and uh, I want to say it showed a lack of respect but obviously didn't want to say that but it was that yeah. He basically just almost told him he's a piece of shit and was just so arrogant about beating him. So obviously, Louis got up, started trying to fight. Candido put his arms up in the air, which led to Brian Lee and Shane Douglas running out and sort of beating up Louis. Um, Pitbull 2 then comes out, gets put down and gets up again. And yeah. That was it, really, wasn't it? Pretty much. And we have we have just maybe seen... A new triple threat, potentially, sometime, maybe. Possibly. Hmm. Which then leads us to episode 196, the 21st of January, 1997. And in the bio on the network, it said the triple threat, which I thought was interesting. Yes, it did. We didn't have to wait long for them but to I confirm thought... it for us. Um, so the opening segment is uh, Joey Styles in the ring. He's asked to to take it from the top and relaunch it. Uh, and as he does, he turns around and uh, you see uh, Tommy Dreamer up in the Eagle's Nest, uh, just hanging out, watching the show. Uh, and and behind him occur, appears. And you, you know he's, he's just there as a fan because he's wearing a white T-shirt. Um, I just love the whole... Joey behind you or turn around. <laughs> Tommy, 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 Tommy. Unbiased styles getting involved. Um and yeah, he kind of gets laid out by um the triple threat. Uh I loved uh Heyman trying to get involved and Francine just body checking. Yeah. It was the like I said, it was all the small details of this. It was a good beat down. Again, I don't know what Tommy's involvement is in anything, but he's involved in everything. So, yeah, he gets beaten up, loads of trash cans to the head, gets thrown off the Eagles' nest to the floor, where sort of Terry Funk runs out and does Terry Funk stuff. And the crowd's jumping, Terry, Terry, Terry. Um, it goes to out the back, and Tommy Rich basically just attacks Terry Funk and Tommy Dreamer. He's still around. Oh. Yeah, that throws him off the, the gurney. Damage control, have another person thrown after being stretched out, get thrown off. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, another promo by Taz. I didn't make any notes on this one. I don't know if he said anything different or just a quick. No, it was mainly the, the, the same old stuff. Yep. Eliminated versus Axel and Devon. Uh, Taz is on commentary. Obviously, he does commentary enough, like now all the time. But AEW and that's not a big wow. But I like this version of Taz sort of doing commentary, where he's very much fully in character. Uh, still, at this point, we never got the Brian Lee Candido eliminations match that I wanted to see. Yeah, um, I mean, the, the, the story of um, uh, this match is that uh, there is a level of respect between the Eliminators and um, uh, Taz. Taz is bigging up their, their Kempo and Taekwondo and, and, and everything else and how athletic and, and how legit they are. Um, and at the end of the match, they kind of nod to Taz and Taz nods to them as if they were some kind of threat of three. Yeah, but again, that would have been like tremendous if you had basically those two on the triple threat. I mean, in early days and that, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, and you did for a minute. It, that that looked as if that was the what it was, but um, yeah, it was gone. Well, maybe not. Let's go see you next week. Um, yes, they won. Uh, total elimination on Axel Rotten. Shane Douglas is basically basically got uh, people two and Bubba Ray in the ring about to have a match. Shane Douglas comes out, sends. Um, bounties out to take out Pitbull 2 and Bubba Ray fights along with him. Yeah, the bad so, crew run out. I mean, I would put my money on the bad crew. I thought they were taking them out, taking the money and the women. And the whole bad crew styly. Bad crew, but, um, yeah, well, Lana GA. Oh no, that's something different. Would have worked though. They could have had that. They were just taking it. Just taking it all. And um, yeah, a couple of people ran out. No one a, a serious threat, I don't think. No, so um, uh, franchise gets annoyed and says that he'll have to do it himself. Throws up the three fingers and outruns the triple threat to beat him up. Um, um, Pitbull two gets uh, choke slammed uh, through a table, or yeah, prime time slammed through a table. So annoyingly, um, gets prime time slammed through a table jumps straight back up and then gets the single arm yep. DDT. And I know you're getting over the single arm DDT. I get that. But good God, the just the, the, the continue, you know, you've just been choke slammed from the ring through a table on the outside and you just get back up. Yeah. Yeah, I understand the whole super hard, but there comes a bit where it's just, there's a middle ground in there. Of sort of sell, no sell, sell, sell. Uh, we then get Terry Funk versus Brian Lee. Oh, I wasn't against this because Lee's been so protective over the weeks and for a long time now. For Terry Funk to turn up in his first match back, really take it to Lee, yep. sort of tells you where Terry Funk is as a sort of competitor level-wise. If he'd come back and just beat, say, um, a Lewis Piccoli or the Bad Crew or whatever, one of them, you'd just think, oh, whatever. But for him to come in and go straight after one of the top boys and his return one is basically them letting you know this guy's a big deal. He's top of the pile. Kind yeah. Of and, and, you know, they're playing up the age difference. They're playing up the size difference. They're playing up the strength difference. 
Yeah, so it was good. Um, match goes sort of into the crowd above places exactly what you sort of expect. But Lee eventually picks up the win, sort of thanks to a screw job, really. So, but Lee gets the victory, um, then starts to cut a quick promo, basically, saying that he's old, he's past it, and all this, and then they sort of have another little brawl. Yeah. So, Funk gets his heat back. Exactly. So it's kind of almost forgotten that he lost. But um, yeah, Funk's back and he's straight in the mix. Dragona's hype central returns and there's a hair out of place. He walks up, looks at his head, moves the comb around and begins to comb his chest. I mean, that was the hair that was out of place and bothering me. So I'm glad he fixed it. Well, I was tapping the side of my TV. I didn't know what was going on. But he's a good man. He's sorted it all out for everyone. What a segment. Promo by Shane Douglas. He's in the ring. And before he had a chance to really get into any business, a masked man appeared. He might or might not be Rick Rude. Yeah, so the story on this is that Shane Douglas was due to defend his his TV title that night. And he was going to be against Tommy Dreamer, but the, the, the triple threat took him out. And then it was going to be against Pitbull too. And the triple threat took him out. So there's no one to challenge him and there's no one who stands up to him apart from this weird masked man who may be Juventud Guerrero, if you ask Shane Douglas. This is true. But I will say um, Rick Rude's promo style and Hulk's promo style are a lot similar than people ever really talked. Yeah, well, I mean, they they came through together, didn't they? So I suppose that makes sense. Yeah. Part of the Minnesota crowd. Yeah, they sort of very much had that same sort of um, delivery and emphasis in those sort of positions and that so I thought that was pretty interesting I mean I loved this franchise this uh, promo because Rick Rude obviously or, or the masked man who I'm assuming is Rick Rude um, obviously just didn't give a fuck so you know no. I, I've decided that you know I want to come out here and just fuck with the franchise yeah even to the point of what he's wearing yeah. it's just like, I mean it was it was such a weird jumper it, it wasn't it wasn't even wrestling get up get up like a a t-shirt or whatever. Like you said, it was just like a, a jumper. It was pretty funny. So, yeah. No, that was, it was Tells good. franchise that he's hung like a hamster. Yep. Um, but like you said, he said he's going to fuck with the franchise. Ask the people if they want to see him fuck with the franchise. Yeah, and, and just kind of gives him shit. Um, you know, he's obviously the man. He's obviously, because otherwise he wouldn't have that belt. Again, you know, that's that's meant to be the mid card title, but all right. Um, yeah, 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 it happens. And then um, we get the return of Pitbull One. We do. And again, this is, and I, I, I recognised when we kind of flicked back and realised how long ago things were, that some of this feels quick because of just the pace we're watching these shows, like a month's shows in the forty-five minutes we've been discussing it tonight. Um, yeah, but the neck injuries in ECW feel as if they're fixed within a real short amount of time. Yeah, I mean Taz like flew back. I mean, like I said, I don't know the time scale. Like I said, it is a month at a time. So when was Pitbull last time? Maybe two, three months, I guess. Yeah, I think so. So it is I guess it is longer than what it feels like because for us it sort of feels like two weeks. But no, it does feel like he's he's back. Like awfully fast, and um, 
Yeah, see how it plays out because I think this is what goes through to barely legal this feud. So I don't know how soon they're going to get there. I mean, they're getting things locked in. It's weird how everything's really starting to take shape for that event. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing that's missing from, at the moment from, is the, the, the um, title match, but that comes next month, I believe. Yeah, but like I said, everything just it does, didn't it? It just feels like Shay Douglas Pitbull, boom. Um, obviously, we still got to get there with the. Dudley's because I'm sure they get together. I think that's so, really, really soon. Which is, again, I want to see that happens. That'd be good. But yeah, no, that was that was some four weeks. Boom. Yeah, a lot going on. We're moving. We're moving in a nice direction. Um, Shane Douglas on that last show a lot. Yep. Triple threat on the last show. Any levels? Yeah. I mean, this yep. triple threat has already been more. Um, more uh, powerful and together more and, and been more destructive and dominant than the last trickle. Well, the original, I think they were in one promo once. I think that's the only time you ever saw them together. Yeah. Because there's a thing, isn't it? We're discussing it all the time. But yeah, apart from maybe running out the locker room once with Marty Gennetti. But um, yeah, no, crazy. We are moving along nicely. And we will continue to move on next week with another four episodes of ECW. Relive the revolution um, is happening. You know what next week is? No. Isn't that going to be episode 200? By God. It is. That means it'll be a little Mount Rushmore. A little Mount Rushmore. Oh. Are we going to do a... A 25 episode Mount Rushmore, or do you want to do out the first 200 episodes of Mount Rushmore as it's a halfway point? I was going to say, it's, it's, it's the first half of our journey from Eastern to Extreme with all the pay per views and televisions in between. I've heard that. Um, well, this is the rewind, so you, you probably heard it ring as we round. Yeah, I mean, it might be. Maybe we do both. How do you feel about doing both? We can do both. We will start off the show with. Our twenty, our, our first twenty-five, our last twenty-five. We'll end the show. We'll end the show with the overall because there's going to be some similarities, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I might drag up some old names just, just for shits and giggles, just to remember. Oh. You know, do listen to like a, do the super destroyers make the cut? Longest reigning ECW tag team champions of all time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't anyone tell you different. Um, if you've been watching a little bit of ECW, which you could do now because there's time to watch it, um, get involved with the conversation, social media, at underscore sports arena on Instagram or Twitter. If we don't message all the time, it don't mean we're not checking all the time. Throw out a little comment, even message us. Just today talking about ECW. Someone, it's very good. Absolutely. I mean, you know, the thing that isn't needing to be done on social distance, social media. You can still exactly. have a chat just because you can't be standing next to someone and high fiving them and shaking their hand doesn't mean you still can't reach out and have a chat. And what better time to talk about a 25 year old wrestling organization than right now? Exactly. And what a great time to get the network if you haven't as well. Good Lord. So much content to sit there and watch. If you're not watching Disney Plus, but both work. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, zazzle.co.uk or .com. 
simply check that out. Search Sports Arena, check out some of our T-shirts. And again, there's a very high chance that more T-shirts are probably going to appear soon. Don't know when you're going to get them, but you'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not on us. But have a look. Yes, it's true. I mean, uh, on uh, Terry Funk's Double Cross Ranch, there is an animal. We still aren't sure whether it's a llama or an alpaca, but it inspired T-shirts accordingly. It did. I might change the colour into... Um, blue? White and blue, white and blue and blue and white. <sighs> For no reason whatsoever. Just because llamas and alpacas should have this. But, um, yeah, thank you very much. The journey continues loving it you'll love it too you'll love it even more if you watch it and have the visual to go along with the audio and who knows might even throw up a couple of watch-alongs anything's possible so thank you very much